Well, hi there, and welcome into She Diddy Style. We, we take 20 minutes to help, well, make your life a little bit easier. And today we're going to talk about authenticity and resilience and hopefully inspire you. Uh, this is one of those days where I get to introduce you to one of my favorite people in the whole world. Brooke Lee and I have been friends for, well, gosh, decades. We were roommates at the Miss USA pageant in 1997. They uh, put you in rooms alphabetically, so H-I. She was Hawaii, I was Iowa. She actually won the pageant, and if it wasn't for her, I would have been naked on the stage. Uh, <laughs> so as sometimes you know, um, people are loaned gowns from designers and they wear them for big events. And I had a, a designer who was sending me an incredibly beautiful gown. And it just happened that one of the stars of the hot TV show Friends wore it to, I believe it was the Golden Globes, and she either decided to buy it or something happened that the dress didn't get shipped to me. And so I was gownless for the evening gown competition. So Brooke loaned me a gown. And she threw out our friendship, has just been that go-to best pal. She is that gal that reminds me to maybe trust myself. Um, she's that one person who reminds all of us, I think, to know that we are enough. So I am is so excited for you to meet her. This is a conversation that we had in October of 2020, and we were talking about resilience and authenticity. And she started talking about her year when she was Miss USA and she was up for the role of Miss Universe. She went to the Miss Universe pageant and Miss Universe 1996 had gained some weight. Um, and Brooke was being asked about it. There was, you know, the news was just crazy at that time covering this weight gain of Miss Universe. And as you know, you know, in the industry, it, it probably was nothing like the weight gain that most of us have experienced during our COVID lockdown. <laughs> but that's where we're going to jump into this conversation is Brooke and I, um, she was reminding me how it went down when she was at Miss Universe she was asked the question on the stage by George Hamilton. We love George Hamilton. George Hamilton asked the finalists all the same question. And uh, his question is, if there were no rules, I'm paraphrasing, and you could do anything for one whole day, what would you do? And Brooke said, I would eat everything twice. And the crowd went wild and everybody laughed and she was just her normal self. You can look it up, it's out there. The video of Brooklyn Miss Universe 1997 answering her question, but that's what made her Miss Universe. She won and here she is. We're gonna jump into the conversation talking about resilience and authenticity. Oh yeah, and her not leaving me naked on a stage. Here we go, here's Brooke. So I think for me, the hardest part about authenticity is that I have it easy going forward in life because I had the biggest gold star ever given to me for literally not pretending to be anybody but myself. So I kind of have used that as a badge of honor going forward in everything that I've done. It's a fighting point I have when I do my shows, when people try to tell me, you know, well, I think maybe we should go in that direction. And I'm just like, here's the thing. I have this shiny thing that I wear on my head when I'm really sad when I go home at night. Um, and I literally was given it for saying I'd eat everything in the world and I'd eat it twice. And that wasn't a calculated decision. That was just me reacting to being super sick and tired of people picking on a 19 year old girl about her weight. And I was given like a car and a speedboat and an apartment. And so I was really kind of given the green light for the rest of my life to be okay 
with just being who I am, saying what I want, and it being okay, and it working out pretty well for me. So I just, it's kind of made me a little bit bulletproof, maybe. I'm not sure. You know, what's interesting is because I was your roommate at Miss USA, <laughs> um, I remember you going downstairs. I remember freaking out with the Iowa follow the rules girl in me. Right. Freaked right. out because your directors wanted to meet you downstairs or something. And you threw on this hat and you just went down there and you're like, eh, I'm just going down there like this. And I'm like, <gasps> right. Okay. So you were like that. I mean, and you loaned me a gown at Miss USA, whereas, you know, most of the things would be like, okay, are you guys- Which is weird because some of the girls were like, why would you let her use your gown? And I'm like, cause she'd be naked otherwise. And they're like, what if she wins in the gown? I'm like, then my gown wins. Then I've got two horses in the race. Awesome. I was like, it's not, I don't know if it's because I'm from Hawaii. I don't know if it's what it is, but like, I just went there to have an experience. And I'm glad that I didn't have the expectations, I guess, that some other pressures other states have because my relationships with you, with other girls that I've stayed in contact with the pageant are really based on, grounded on fairly authentic things, you know, because I wasn't there to do anything than be in Shreveport, Louisiana, find an alligator and <laughs> get some Mardi Gras beads and some Pele shoes. And that was it. That was like pretty much the height of it. Maybe congeniality because Miss US, Hawaii USA had won it the year before if I was lucky. So it wasn't much more than that for me. Yeah. And, and it was, fun. I don't, I think I might've told you this, but I had gone to a psychic and Ooh. the psychic said, you will be in the final grouping. He's like, I see you. I see the credits rolling. I see you in the final grouping. Right. And you know what? When the credits roll, it's me who made like the bottom 10. Like not, I didn't make top 10. I didn't even make like top 20. I'm in the like, but I'm hugging you. And that's what I paid the psychic for to show see? that. Yes, I desperate. Yep, very accurate. Very accurate. See, see. So, so we're rolling on 20 minutes because my whole point Shoot. is this thing. Sorry, you want to start over? We can cut. Nope. I, I hit the button like two and a half minutes ago because you were so good. I just, okay. I'm going to keep it. Is that all right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Cool. Is there anything else you wanted me to touch on? Because I know we wanted to talk about other things. Yeah, well, I think it was so interesting that you hit on what my, in my list of what I well, Yeah, because I read your list. I was trying was to weave authenticity but yeah. you gave me the best advice of my life and it was something about I was doing something and it wasn't working out the way I hoped and you said maybe you're showing your light to the wrong people and I think you talked about like being in and, and I think it started with a pageant conversation that you're in one system and that didn't work and right. but do you want to talk a little bit about because it seems like you live your life kind of like that like I and you're very, I almost swore. I'm just going to swear in this. Hi, it's my yeah, team. Let's leave it you're out. one of those people that you're like, shit, you're talking to the wrong person. I mean, yeah. I think that's kind of how you are. And it's the yeah. advice you gave me. Yeah. I mean, again, I go back to the pageant because I ran in Miss Hawaii America for many years locally and lost spectacularly every year. So, you know, I, I never really attached the outcomes to what I was doing. I did the pageants because I needed money for college. It didn't matter if I won or not. I was getting my college paid every year. And all I needed to do was show up, answer some questions, wear a swimsuit and wear an evening gown. 
the easiest way really to jump through all the other hoops. Like, I mean, it would be crazy to fill out the federal, you know, you've filled out all of the applications. So much easier to just win Miss Kakaako, get yourself a couple of thousand dollars for, you know, the first two semesters. And if you win Miss Hawaii, great. You get a full ride, but you know, that, that was just the way I did it. I went pageant to pageant, lost every year and was fine with it. It didn't really bother me. I mean, it was a great experience. It trained me for Miss USA. And then I went and tried for Miss USA on a lark because I was like, I've lost this other pageant. I mean, the odds are not in my favor, um, but it's my last year of opportunity. I'm just going to run and see what happens. And so when I hit it all the way, you know, it was literally about shining your light in the right direction. Miss Why America, Miss America system was not really my, it wasn't my lane. So, but Miss USA, totally my lane, come to find out. And then Miss Universe, bigger lane, bigger lane. So, you know, the pageants, the Miss USA people asked me this question too. They were like, did the pageant change your life? I was like, the pageant changed my life on every level, whether it was locally, if it was nationally, if it was internationally, if you walk into a pageant situation, you leave it better than you started, no matter who you are, whether you win or don't win. Because the girl you were when you signed up is going to be changed somehow because you are being touched by all of the experience you're having, whether it's meeting other girls, liking them, not liking them, whether it's organizing your thoughts because you were raised as a pretty girl, but no one really ever asked you your opinions. And now you're being asked all of these opinions and that can be kind of overwhelming when you've been a model most of your life and just a hanger and no one really cares what you care about climate change. So, you know, being in pageants to me, a lot of people feel it's a hot button topic and it's like, oh, it's so backwards. It's such a thing that is so derogatory towards women. They don't know who we are and they don't know what we go through. It's so different than sports. I mean, they're like, well, you're getting judged what you look like. So are bodybuilders. So are wrestlers because they weigh in. So are football players. You know, and they beat each other up. We don't even beat each other up. We beat ourselves up. Like, what? So, you know, to me, it's like, it's really just, it's ironic because there's so many highly successful women that come out of pageant systems in general. And the looks part of it is just sort of, it's just, it's like a, it's a baseline. And we're the only country, honestly, because being Miss Universe really taught me this first being Miss USA. Other countries don't have a problem with a beautiful woman being a total package. She can run a country. They don't even care. You know what I'm saying? But in the United States, for some reason, it's got to be a quid pro quo. If you're beautiful and you're a model, then you shouldn't have any political views and you should just be on the cover of a swimsuit illustrated magazine. And how dare you tell me who it is that you're going to vote for? Because that's not what you're here for. And it's like, I'm kind of a three-dimensional person. I'm here for it all. It doesn't matter that my cheekbones happen to be stellar. That doesn't, that's not a demerit. So, you know, I think for people that don't understand pageants, it's especially it's a cultural thing, I think, in the United States, because other countries, they don't really have a problem. They have a very deep seated respect for the Miss Universe pageant and their pageants in their own countries. They have no qualms with the women being in them. So yeah, that I can unpack for you. Did you travel when you were Miss USA and Miss Universe? I mean, how much travel was that? It was pretty intense, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, Miss USA wasn't because I was only Miss USA for a couple of months. So I did travel. I did travel as Miss USA. But I mean, the difference between going to Madison, Wisconsin and going to Sri Lanka are, you know, just in the double points in first class alone uh, is stellar. So yeah, but being Miss Universe was closer to me growing up in Hawaii than being Miss USA. Going to Madison, Wisconsin, going to Shreveport, Louisiana, going to Middle American states 
was way more foreign to me than being in Jakarta because I'm born and raised in an island that is so multicultural that Asia is my default setting. So I'm super comfortable anywhere in Asia because that's just what I grew up with. But like being in Minneapolis in the dead of winter, I mean, I was just like, is this the moon? Is that snow? What are we talking about? My body cannot compute this kind of temperatures. I'm gonna die. So it was way more like hard on me to be Miss USA actually than it was to be Mrs. Universe. I, uh, in the world of TV shopping, as you well know, cause I think I called you hysterically probably crying from Minneapolis at some point when it was like 40 below zero without the wind chill. Without um, and, you know, and you did some of the TV shopping gigs too. And I know you've been on those, but I remember having to go outside at like 3 AM full so makeup great. in my boots, carrying my little heels. It's, it's, it's a lot, but I, I think what I, the point you are making too about pageants that we in the United States just don't get what goes into them. Yeah. Um, I would be stuck on a desert. Well, okay. Be stuck in a trying situation with a pageant girl any day. Cause oh, yeah. as part of this is about resilience. I mean, pageant girls are resilient. No, you got, it. I mean, being in a pageant, just telling people that you're a beauty queen, you have to be pretty resilient because people I'm, I had to unpack so much luggage with people my entire year. A lot of people, when I would do interviews, especially with main media press, like, oh my God, you're, you're so smart and you're so astute. And it would just be like, I would rather you assume that and then just be terribly disappointed than me not dribble down my chin while I'm talking to you. And then you'd be like, oh my God. You know, I mean, give us more credit for the fact that we had to work incredibly hard to get where we were and focus to be where we are. I mean, Miss Venezuela has to beat down literally hundreds of girls, thousands, hundreds of thousands, I would assume at the Venezuelan level, girls. Whereas in Hawaii, I had maybe nine in my pageant, you know what I'm saying? So it's sort of the matriculation when you think of some of these countries. Um, the girl that's actually standing on that stage is like Highlander. I mean, it's kind of crazy. Very and crazy. it comes down, I mean, at the end, the final step is that interview. It is what comes flying out of your mouth with millions yeah. of people staring at you. Um, Which a politician has to do on the reg and not very well, most of them, I might add. So pageantry really forces you to be able to think on your feet. You're being judged on it. It's going to determine whether the shiny thing gets put on your head or not. And when you do it enough, you get better at it. That's just practice and muscle memory of the brain. Um, so I, people ask me to train all the time. And I tell them, I can't, you can't train for certain aspects. You, the pageants are going to just bring out on you whatever it is you have inside. There is no magic pill. There is no training course that you can take. It's a lifelong process. By the time you get to where you get on that stage, whether it's teen, whether it's USA, whether it's universe, you've done the homework because all you have to show up is with you. Whatever cards you're carrying, whatever life experiences you have, the key is just to be able to communicate that through to the judges, to the audience, to the people that you are trying to reach. And the girl who does that the best wins. That's just, that's just the secret of it. You know, if you can cut through all the other red tape of what your trainers want, what your pageant director wants, what your parents want, and that's a life lesson. That's not just for pageants. You know, pageants teach you to do that on the reg. But if you can apply that, like I have for the rest of my life, you cut through a lot of the red tape really quickly because you just ask yourself, 
Did I want to wear that ice cream dress with the flowy back thing that made me look like a mermaid? Nope, nope, I didn't. So I wore the red one instead. And boy, was that, was that designer mad. But you know what? I didn't look like a crazy hippo mermaid on that stage for the rest of my life. So I'm cool with it. They're not cool with it, but I'm cool with it because I had to wear it. So it's really kind of about choosing yourself, really. Look at that pageants is self-care. Who'd have thunk it? Who'd have and it is, you know, it's interesting because I was in, well, it took me nine years to win Miss Iowa because I had to keep going back. I did the America system and then I aged out and then I did the USA system. And there were many times when, and I know you were raised in a culture where alcohol is not really a part of it. Yeah. I was raised in Iowa where I, I went to the University of Iowa. Um, uh, that's what you yeah. do. Yeah, yeah. So it's like I, issue. Yeah. Yeah. So I actually, and it's not that I didn't drink, but I really, it, it forced me to learn self-care. It forced me to learn, oh, you can't drink beer and eat potato chips and then have the muscle mass that's going to make you fit into clothes. And it wasn't about being thin. Right. It was about looking healthy. And I think that's the other misconception about pageants is we're probably, most of us, um, there are others, but like for that time when you're training, like you said, you're training like an athlete. You're probably in the best shape of your life. Totally, totally. And then not just for the swimsuit competition, it's for the endurance, it's for wearing that gown, it's for all of it. You know, you're just, it's one less thing to take off your plate because most of us are focused on the interview portion because that's where they see you first. So if you have one less thing to worry about, then just take it off the table. That means showing up to the gym three times a week because they got your trainer because you won Miss Iowa. Just show up and do the work so you can let go of that and focus on your platform, other things. And then when you get to swimsuit, you just swim right through it. You don't have to worry about, is my butt showing? Do I have to put more butt spray on? Like, you know, you can just focus on the things you need to focus on. Just take all the other stuff out of the way and working out and paying into that account just helps you do that. It's not like, oh, I'm gonna, I need to be super thin. That's not really what it's about. It's a mindset. It's just getting yourself prepared. Because the girls asked me, the interviewer for Miss USA asked me, did you have a weight issue because it was so prevalent? Did you feel like you were under scrutiny? You know, do you think that the girls in, the, in your pageant were too thin? And I'm like, honestly, they've done studies like in People Magazine and stuff. The 90s, we girls were pretty healthy compared to when social media became a thing and, you know, girls were being scrutinized just in general with, with the peanut gallery. We were just doing it for a pageant. Girls were running stairs in Shreveport, you know, I mean, doing push-ups and sit-ups, etching like, you know, their their um, abs with airbrushing. I'm like, you know, it was, it was about being fit. It wasn't about being super skinny and thin and whatever. Like these girls, they could, they could handle. If they had to get into a tussle with an alligator, I think the alligator would be scared. For did sure. you ever find an alligator? I did. I did. It happened at USA, but ah. I did. I went to Gatorland in Florida. There you go. I just, I do remember our swimsuit shoot in Shreveport was like the coldest day I've ever been yeah. outside in that little amount of clothes ever. Right, right, right. Yeah. And, all, was, and, and I guess that's probably your life is smiling and acting very comfortable when you're in some totally. pretty comfortable situations. Totally. But I was more focused. I was obsessed with finding an alligator. I remember us because we were in boats. Weren't we going through marshes and stuff? Like they yeah. took us out to like the swamplands, which I didn't know existed, but hey, cool. And then I remember them driving us past the duck blind. 
And I didn't know what a duck blind was. And I was like, that's so sweet. They have a place for blind ducks. That's so cute. And they're like, that's not a thing. Good so thing I, your roommate was from Iowa and yeah. explain. That's not yeah. a thing. He's like, oh, yeah. for disadvantaged ducks. Boop. So, Hello. and the whole uh, story here is that 20 minutes can change your life. And we have about four minutes left in yeah. our 20 minutes. And I think talking about pageants actually is life-changing because one, there's such a stigma. You've covered so many things. Um, you were the person who gave me that advice about, you know, show your life to the right people. But I think the one time that you've really helped me and the reason that I'm doing this series is that so people will watch it and just remember you do have a friend out there that will help you. And I know this story sounds really ridiculous and, but I was a terrible parent to a hamster. His name was Herman. You were, you were his first. I was an overwhelmed parent. And (laughs) my daughter was like, what was she like 15 at the time? And all of a sudden I looked and I'm like, the hamster's out of the cage and the hamster's gone. And so I called my daughter and like, when was the last time you fed Herman? And she's like, I don't know. I thought you were feeding him. And he had burrowed his way down through my photographs of Miss USA, which is why I texted you. Ah. And I'm like, hey, look, um, I'm looking for my hamster. He's been lost. But look at these pictures of us at Miss USA that showed up. <laughs> and just so you know, Herman turned out fine. He was in a, right. he had made himself a little home. He was stealing cat food out of the cat food container. He had water. Brilliant little guy. Yeah. But Brooke said you were looking for a hamster. Yeah. So you came and yeah. you guys adopted the hamster. You guys had to move and you couldn't take everything yeah. with you. Yeah. But so my became our resilient little guy and then we lost him once too because you know he was an escape artist like David Copperfield and so I had to call you panicked because I was like where would he go what is he doing where is he and you're just like oh I just leave some food out I'm sure he'll find his way to you he'll be fine he's really resilient and sure enough put some peanut butter or something in the middle of the floor and it took a couple of days I mean nerve <laughs> wracking days but then he just sort of hopped out from underneath the stove to nibble on the little thing. And I'm like, there he is. Look at him. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. Herman my was- favorite is your text, reconnaissance mission, 3 a.m. Yeah. Wait, yeah. St- kids are in bed. We are looking for Herman. And uh, yeah. and so with like two minutes-ish left, uh, you're a mom. Um, and uh, how old are your kids now? Uh, Finnegan is 13 and Bailey's six. Any I, advice on how the heck do you keep all these balls in the air? You're hosting a show. You're, I mean, just <laughs> give us, give us a little, I know there's, there, it would take two days, but I what mean, do you you're more of a, you're more of an expert on this than I am, but um, it's just, you just take it one day at a time. You plow through it. I mean, the teen years, as you warned me many times um, are not the greatest, like, you know, but you just get through it and try not to damage each other. <laughs> And you move on. I've learned in these times that we're in right now, I let a lot of things go. Like if he doesn't hand his stuff in directly on time, he's going through his own stuff. We're all going through stuff. It's a stuff going through time right now. And you're just doing, everyone's doing the best they can. So I'm just really about giving people wide berths because I'm usually about being very sort of like, this is how it's got to be. If I can do it, you can do it. And that's not necessarily the case. So I just have to give people way more breaks. I guess maybe COVID made me kinder in a 
lot of ways. Who knows? I don't know. But I just, I give people the mulligans now, where, whereas before I'd be like, it's unacceptable. Like if I can figure it out, you should be able to figure it out. Whereas now it's like, people don't remember what day it is. So <laughs> we're all in a haze. So let's just give each other a break, virtual hugs, you know, wear a mask, wash your hands, stay away from each other, but love from afar kind of a thing. And just let's, we'll, we'll all meet again when we get through it on the other side. So that's kind of been my lifelong lesson with teens, especially. <laughs> and it, it sounds to me like maybe your lesson as you come to the, the end of this and we leave your final thought might be give people mulligans. I mean, do you feel yeah. like that's kind of Not the lesson? a lot of mulligans because you know, things got to get done. But, you know, it's now, especially nowadays, and maybe, look, maybe we need to give ourselves a mulligan every now and then, you know what I'm saying? Because we're hard enough on ourselves as moms. We always think we got to get it all done in a record amount of break speed time. And it's got to look great. And it's got to be Instagrammable. And, you know, we've got to hold ourselves to a ridiculous standard. And we don't because nobody is. Clearly the world's not. Clearly our government's not. So, you know, does everybody give ourselves a break? And the world's on a break right now. So let's just rank and file and give each other the mulligans we need to, you know, hug it out and survive to the other oh. side. And just, I, I don't even want to say how many years it's been like, I don't know, the 1997, no, no, that's oh. a lot. So for many decades, yeah. a virtual hug from me to you. Thank you, you for doing this. And maybe one of these subjects will resonate with people because I know you have so many stories. We just didn't have time in this 20 minutes, yeah. but uh, maybe you can come back and we can hit like an, an entire segment. Have, you have the hotline. You have the roommate hotline. Every time you call, I'm there. Uh, and so Same here. And thank you. you. Throw up the bat signal and I will assemble. So oh, love you, sister. All yeah. right. Too. Have a great day. Thanks for being with us and taking 20. Yeah. See you later. Love from Hawaii. Thanks for joining us for this episode of She Diddy Style, taking 20 minutes to take care of you. We're so glad that Brooke Lee joined us and we're glad that you joined us. So please do subscribe. Please tell your friends and come hang out with us again. We have more episodes. We're here to help you find joy well, and have less stress. We want to make life easier. Join us on She Diddy Style.